Hi, this is Cable Brandon Sage, and you are listening to In The Buff, a Survivor podcast. Survivor superfans, I've got a special episode to wrap up the season of The Edge of Extinction. So next, you will be listening to Dez. I recorded something separate with him and also Julian, so that's why it's a longer episode. But enjoy In The Buff. Hello and welcome, Survivor superfans. The finale is done and dusted for The Edge of Extinction and... Did it create controversy and did it polarise the community? Hell yeah. Uh, So I'm going to speak to Julian at some point, but the first cab off the rank, I thought the twist uh, and the winner, uh, like I said, was controversial. And who better to speak to than someone that actually played the game, but also is a huge, huge fan of the show from day one. So I believe he might be a bit of a purist, but I'd love to hear his take on the edge of extinction. Des Quilty, welcome. G'day, Cable. How are you, mate? Good, good. I, I've i been sitting on it for a couple of days. Uh, what day are we on? We're Sunday night and here in Australia. Uh, the episode we saw Thursday, I saw it Thursday live, watched it live. I don't know about you. You probably were working hard uh, delivering packages, I, I'm assuming. Uh, listen, I uh, I cancelled out of delivering packages so <laughs> that I could watch in Australia live um, at ten o'clock on uh, on Thursday. It was on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so which was the first the first time I think this season it was on early. Yes, uh, that's yeah, correct. So so I so I took a lay day, mate, and uh, and uh, and did watch it as it came to the TV. Uh, and I'm glad we're talking about it a couple of days later because uh, my emotions at the end of the three hours were uh, not good. <laughs> okay, um, yep. I, I think like a lot of other viewers going, uh, bloody hell, what just happened there? Uh, but uh, yeah, a couple of days to digest. I, I'm feeling uh, like... I've gone through a couple of tissue boxes and I'm feeling pretty good now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So just to sum up, like there's been so much stuff out there. I, I, I like yourself was, I got the, the benefit of watching it live at 10 o'clock or 10 AM here in Australia. So I was able to live tweet as it was happening as well, or just getting a vibe off social media, what people were saying. By no means is this, is this going to be definitive, but I feel like the general consensus was that people, even though they might have liked Rick Devons, people were sort of getting a bit over him finding idols and, and playing such a way that him coming from extinction, we're not going to be happy if he won because it, it, he was so, I guess, the edit you know, sort of almost gave him such a winner's sort of, I guess, edit. And so there was that that side of it. So the fact that Chris got back into the game, which was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, uh, but the fact that he would go on and I guess shaft uh, shaft Rick and go on to win, while I think people liked the the surprise of that and the way the finale actually panned out, I think the consensus was people hated that someone could be in the game for like maybe 12 or 13 days and win the game against two people that were in for 39. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, look, I, um, 
I think my initial reaction was um, tuning into the final two and a half hours um, was what's going to happen. Um, and I think there was a, a lot of fan base out there going, uh, Devons is going to come a cropper. Uh, so I think a lot of people were hoping, oh, we hope he doesn't get to the bloody end. He, uh, he doesn't deserve it. Um, so I think that was sort of a big anticipation moment. Um, and then Chris comes back in and everyone's going, oh, this guy's come back in. So the anticipation moment was how was he going to get out? So I think there was, uh, there was a lot of anxiety about how's this going to work out? Uh, is Devon's going to get his comeuppance? And yes, he did. Oh, terrific. Now, when's Chris going to fall over? Oh, 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 bloody hell, he won. Oh, jeez. No, I'm turning me telly off. Like, <laughs> sort of that's how I felt watching it because you only saw uh, Chris come back in, you know, for two and a half hours, basically. You, did, you didn't get – not only didn't you get um, – any kind of storyline behind how he could come back in. Yeah. Um, you just got this whole, you know, big surprise uh, that he won. And, yeah. you know, I, I was very disappointed that um, we didn't see anything from the edge of extinction where, uh, you know, perhaps they could have shown some of the people on edge of extinction talking about, oh, listen, if any one of us get back in, what's the best game to play? Um, just sort of rolling back, Cable. Um, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I, I remember uh, earlier, uh, much earlier in the season, they showed this uh, clip of Chris hmm. uh, suggesting before he got voted out that, I've come into this game to play the perfect game. You know, I'm going to get these alliances and so on. And um, it's all going to go down perfectly. I have a plan. And then they reinforced that again after he got voted out where he went, oh, I came in here to play the perfect game and obviously I haven't and so on. I would have yep. just liked to have seen more lead up to the, to the story of of not just perhaps Chris, but anybody from the edge of extinction, them having some uh, discussions about, listen, if you get back in, you need to do this or that. Just something that gave us some bit of lead in so that the whole Chris win wasn't such a big Let mind. Down. Yeah, a mind stuff. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about that? Um, yeah, I'm sort of with you. It, it's the problem was always going to be was having the right balance between extinction and the players who are still in the real game. I guess in a lot of ways, I think the consensus was that no, I, well, I think go, look, going to the finale again, I can't speak for everyone, but again, you know, following social media and listening to podcasts like from Rob and Ryan and, and, and such. I mean, I think the consensus was that, yeah, someone will come back in the game at six, but they mustn't win or, or they must almost go straight back out. 
because we just don't have any story from, from those people. So I think there was a feeling that maybe Aurora would come back in and I was sort of leaning that way that maybe she's had a decent edit. Okay, she's in the game, but she might be one that will go out and then come straight back in. Or the other person could be Rick goes back out, but comes straight back in. Um, so, because it was hard because the balance of, they don't want to show too much of Edge, but they kind of have to show us a little bit to see where everyone's at, but then they don't want to show too much of one person at edge because then that gives away that they might come in and they might have an impact on the game. I just, I think personally, I think I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think while the twist was interesting or the theme of the season, I think it's backfired on them by Chris winning. I think something they did not think about strongly enough was the fact that Chris was there pretty early. So he was maybe the I think he was the third person there. So he was able to build up um, relationships with everyone that came there. And for a lot of people, he did not cut their throat in the game. So he's he was able to build these social bonds with everyone there. And I think that was the fear I know I had. I think Rob Cessanino mentioned it. I think Ryan Brink mentioned it. We all assumed Joe might be the one to come back. And the problem was that Joe would have great social connections with everyone too. So automatically when you know you've got people at edge building uh, social relationships that you've already got a potential jury. Uh, a lot of jury votes just purely on that. Um, so, I mean, what do you, what do you think? I think the twist bit them in the ass, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, um, th- to be honest, I, I probably liked the twist. Um, I just think they, the show probably could have presented that, twist better with some backstory for um, the people that may come back in. Uh, Just some, you know, some snippets of information about how they thought they might get to be sole survivor after coming back in, um, which we didn't see. So I I think the editing probably, um, you know, let that that whole storytelling line down. Um, oh. I, I I was a bit I, I was on on the edge of my seat with uh, you know Chris only just beating Jay to get back in because I really thought you know the whole preseason was oh this is built for Jay to come back in and you know do stuff and whatever, um, but yeah. No, uh, I, I liked the fact that Chris came back in. I just would have liked a bit more backstory to what was going on on the edge so that the audience could, uh, you know, appreciate that uh, that part of the game was still in the game. Yeah. Um, do you think Do you think a rewatch, like I don't know if you're a person that rewatches seasons often. I, to be perfectly honest, I've got every season on DVD as it is, but... Um, have I ever really gone back and watched recent seasons? No. Um, but I know a lot of people do like a rewatch because you can sort of see it from the view, obviously, that you know the result. And then it's the little editing things or the little quotes they put in. You go, oh, my God, that they were sort of giving us little hints. Um, you touched on something before about him saying playing the perfect game. And I think I think it was Hannah Shapiro actually on uh, No Dolls. I think he, she mentioned... Um, something along the same lines as what you just said, that um, there were little hints that Ed has left in of Chris just 
again, it was obviously quiet, but we saw him fish and bring back a stingray. And and like you said, they sort of a couple of times brought up that whole haven't played a perfect or wanted to play a perfect game. And then, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see going back on a rewatch uh, how that sort of plays out. But I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, when you do... We, when you're dealing with a show that's 42, 43 minutes in an hour slot, there's only so much you can see. And I just, I think unfortunately they just either just didn't give us enough or there just wasn't enough material to give or I, I don't know. It's just, it's a really fine, uh, fine, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like it's a, a very fine tightrope that you're sort of balancing on to try and get the balance right, uh, editing wise to give everyone sort of a fair, fair story arc, but also maybe not tipping your hat too much on who the winner might be. Uh, well, Cable, I've got to disagree with you. Anybody who wants to go back and watch the uh, first bloody 16 episodes or whatever this show is to get any uh, like background information about why Chris, one, needs to give himself an uppercut and just not even bother doing that because I'm telling you, there was nothing in there. Um I think the editors did a really poor job of um, of building the storyline. Yep. I think the editors were under instruction to like try and make it like a murder mystery uh, where we threw red herrings out there all left, right and centre and nobody knew what was coming and uh, they certainly got me. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, going back and watching, I think it's, be a big waste of time to me. Well, um, it, it's funny you say that too because, I look, like I said, I don't, I haven't rewatched a recent season for a long time. Like I've gone back and you know you watched Palau, Borneo, and the Australian Outback, and I've probably seen them a couple of times. And maybe yeah. that's I, I, I enjoyed the game a bit better, was a bit, a bit more pure back then. But um, you, you make you bring, you bring up an interesting point because yeah, there's not a hell of a lot for us to go back for Chris, but also it goes to show that him winning in a roundabout way from the point that he got voted out to the point he got back in the game, all everything that happened to all those players, all the blind sides, all the conniving, everything that happened was for nothing. <laughs> really? Don't you reckon? <laughs> uh, look, yeah, look, I, uh, I just wonder whether the editors missed a golden opportunity. I'm, I'm sure that on the edge of extinction, um, uh, you know, like when Chris came back into the game, he made three big moves, and and that to me seemed to be why he got awarded the jury votes. Um, so when he was on the edge of extinction, he would have absolutely known about um, the Rick Devons, David Wright half idol. So whoever was on the edge of extinction coming back into the game. I'm certain would have known that you're going to come back in the game with, you know, a half idol, uh, you know, the two pieces of idol. And, oh, and can, can I just can I just jump in there now yeah, that you brought that? No, now that you brought that up, what what were your thoughts on him, them him getting an idol or a half idol? Did you like that or not? Uh, I, I don't know whether it's a matter of whether I like it or not, but Devon's uh, David Wright. David Wright and Devons had the half idol when Devons came back into the game. Um, David Wright, uh, yeah, so uh, hang on a minute. Devons came back into the game yeah. with, with a whole idol 
uh, sorry, the two half idols. And he had to give a piece to somebody. And gave, he gave the to... half idol to um, David Wright and then was able to, if you last one vote, uh, you can move forward. So, yeah. like, all these people sitting on the edge of extinction, aside from getting reamed out daily, um, would have discussed that for sure. So the next person that comes back in, which happens to be Chris, gets exactly the same advantage. I thought that half idol was uh, one of the biggest advantages that Chris had coming back into the game because it's not a matter of just saying to someone, hey, I've got an idol and I'll play it for you. It's I've got a half idol. We need the last one vote. If I give you this half and we get through the next vote, it becomes a full idol. You give somebody something physical that they can ha handle in their hands. I think that was huge leverage. I, I think without that, Chris would not have gone through. And I think the reason he knew how to play it was he'd been on the edge with David, who'd been with Devons, and he knew about that, about that thing. So I think that was... You know, one of the things you've got to give Chris strategic ticks for, even though I think he found all about that on the edge, yeah. was being able to use that successfully to get through the first vote and then know that Devons would give it back to him and get through the fifth vote and then be up for fire. So, yeah, I uh, that that's what I think about uh, that half idle thing. I. I think it was. I think it's good, but I think it's far more powerful than just giving them an idol. When, like, if they'd just given Chris an idol when he came back in at six and said you can't be voted out, or not even give him an idol, just say to everyone he's immune this vote. Giving them that half idol was huge leverage to build relationship, yeah, uh, and move forward in the game. Uh, what do you think about that half idol thing? Uh, um, personally, I didn't like it. I, I understand why production did it. I, I guess they don't want someone to necessarily go straight back out, but still they don't give him a full idol. Like you said, like to try and build, have a bit of leverage, but build some trust with somebody. But I mean, there's no guarantees. Like he had to pick somebody, he picked Evans was probably the smart pick. He used sort of their previous relationship as, you know, loyalty and all that sort of stuff to build up that sort of bond. But there was no guarantees. Uh, we'll get on to Rick actually giving that piece back. But there was no guarantee Rick was going to give it back. So it's still a risk. He's still not a hundred percent immune. But it definitely. I still. I just don't know if it's too much power. I feel like. Well, I didn't totally hate the Edge of Extinction twist. I still feel like there were problems with it. Like we've already discussed the editing. But I also didn't like. I don't like that players on the edge who have been voted out of the game had the opportunity or advantages or, you know, to pass on advantages in the game to someone or sorry, someone that's actually still in the game. So I didn't like that David could give Devon's, you know, a, 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 an advantage at one of the immunity challenges. I just, I just don't understand why people like that should be able to do that. But then I guess on the flip side is that they hope that I guess means that builds some sort of relationship so when that person does come back in the game, they've got a little bit of a fighting chance. But I don't know. I think when you're so close to the end, 
Chris, I don't know. I, look, I wouldn't have wanted him to have immunity first go around, but um, when there's also so many immunity idols in the game, I, that concerns me as well. So Rick had one, um, Lauren had one, then Chris effectively has one if they play it right, um, and then someone can win immunity. So it could almost get to that Sari field sort of game changes where <laughs> at a tribal council nearly everyone can have an advantage or an idol and be protected and someone could get yeah, Sari fielded out of the game by no fault of their own, you know. So I don't know. I, was, I, I don't know. I think the game's getting way too idle heavy in general, but that's, I guess, a whole other debate. Um, what, what do you think as Chris is a winner anyway? Like, that's the thing that I haven't liked on social media, that people have bagged out Chris and sort of got a bit personal. Well, at the end of the day, you can't, don't hate the player, hate the game. He played the game for the cards he was dealt and the way the game theme was set up and he took full advantage of that and he won. That's not his fault. That's, the problem with the game potentially, if you've got a problem with him as a winner and uh, it's probably, you know, then you could argue, well, did the jury make a poor decision or again, it's, I don't know. It's just their <laughs> thoughts. Um, yeah. Look, I, I, I think the split idol was a huge advantage uh, as I've already alluded to. Uh, I think the, uh, I think the next thing that, um, gave Chris a huge leg up was he knew about Lauren's idol. Yes. And I, think, and I think he played that knowledge really well. Yeah, absolutely. He just just went to Lauren and said, hey, the jury knows you've got an idol and they're waiting for you to do something big with it. Yeah. Um, I I think he double bluffed her. <laughs> I think he Jedi mind her there because uh, if, if he hadn't said that, Lauren would have probably just played that idol for herself. But in her mind, she's thinking, I have to do something really impressive. And that's why she played it for Chris and saved him at that vote. Um, so I think you've got to give Chris hats off for that as well. So first off, he's played the half idols well and got it back. Then he's played Lauren well Um and got her to play it for him and taken the idol offer. And then she goes out next. Mm. Um, and then he's, um, and then he's realized in that fire challenge, I need to do something big and showy uh, to go forward. So, you know, I think, I think from the, from the agile Island jury, which I don't like just like putting it out there. Yep. I don't like the fact that uh, you can go and spend time with everybody out the game and then they get to decide what's going on because you've formed bonds with them. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely, yeah. But he made those three moves and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, Gavin, who never got a vote against him in the whole game, played the traditional uh, survivor game, um, should have won, Uh and didn't. So, you know, in my mind, uh, this season should be called uh, Gavin was robbed. <laughs> well, you make it an interesting point there too, because I hadn't really thought about it in that terms. Like I, I feel so much, I feel so badly for Gavin. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he would now officially be 
probably the most or the unluckiest uh, runner-up, I think, in the history of the game. Like We've had a few early seasons where there's been a 4-3 vote, um, you know, Colby and Tina, and there's always been that debate to did Colby deserve to win? And at the end of the day, the jury votes the way they want. It's their vote. Um, but, yeah, there's been some players, uh, you know, across the, the history of the, the show that you could argue, like even Aussie against Yule in Cook Islands, that was a one-vote difference. So there's been some people that, you know, are desperately unlucky and have played really good games and just haven't been recognised. Like even look, you know, although I know... Uh, there's definitely some Aubrey fans out there speaking of someone that was on this season that was desperately unlucky not to win Co Rong because uh, there was definitely a couple of guys on that jury that were very bitter and didn't recognise her game and, and have since said that they probably would have voted for it if they hadn't known or had have seen their season play out and, and understood her game better. But um, Gavin just, I mean, I guess, unfortunately, that's the theme of the season. Like There was that risk of someone coming back, but... I don't know. I just think he... So he got four votes and Chris... We well, got five votes maybe and Chris got the rest? I think Gavin got uh, four and Chris got Oh, yeah, four, eight. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in the end, he won sort of convincingly. Yeah. But, yeah, you could make that argument that uh, desperately unlucky and, and, like you said, didn't receive a vote. But it's funny because he, here's the... I think the irony of the twist in that by trying to give Chris a bit of a leg up to get back in because they know, well, this person's on the outer, they most likely to get voted out again. We'll give them a half idol. We'll sort of give them an opportunity or a hope they can sort of integrate themselves into the game because they are behind the eight ball. But then on the flip side, you've got Gavin and Julie that get to the end who have played 39 days and have burnt bridges and upset people by voting them out. But that's the game. But then they're crucified at final tribal for that when Chris doesn't have that blood on his hands. So all of a sudden he's got the advantage. Um, that's where I sort of find it's it's very hard. Like what, what was Gavin supposed to do? He could say, I'm trying to play classic Survivor. And I think that was a great thing that he said. But unfortunately that's Chris, you know, I don't know. I think that's... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just have to disagree with you here. Not about what you're saying about Gavin, but, uh, you know, when you said Colby, uh, um, Colby against Tina, uh, yep. that Colby should have won. No, Colby was an idiot, mate. He um, <laughs> should have taken Keith. Oh, no, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. If he'd taken Keith, mate, he would have won in the canter. But yeah, he, no, wanted, yeah. he wanted to be, you know, the the knight in shining armor, and uh, you know, he paid the price for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. I I'm just know, saying. Yeah. I don't know whether you or I would have been the uh, knight in shining armor. I oh think, God, no. I, I think if I'd saw a million dollars going up against Keith or Tina, uh, sorry, Tina, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going against Keith because I want the million bucks. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I'm you, not, not. Yeah, I'm not you, really saying like even though I was a Colby fan, I was kind of disappointed he didn't win. I'm not. I'm not really arguing that he should have won, but I know. I know that's one of those things that crops oh, up. Oh, he in the, should have won, man. Like the, the, the community, no doubt about it. Colby should have won. He just. Um, unfortunately, out me out back, there was no mirror with uh, Colby. You're going to win win a million dollars if you take Keith, because I'm yeah. sure if you'd seen that, he he would have done it. But yeah. you know, well, we're all different, eh? Yeah. But um, look, 
the survivor games change and we talk about old players and new players and this strategy and that strategy and all that rest of that palaver. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was gobsmacked that uh, Chris won um, and I didn't like, as w- watching the show for the last two and a half hours, seen him come from a, you know, a skid mark on a piece of toilet paper to like, <laughs> take out the whole season. I, I just, I was gobsmacked and disappointed. I turned the bloody telly off and nearly kicked the thing down the street. But you okay, know, so, you, so you, yeah, so you were really disappointed with the winner. I was oh, disappointed that, that yeah. Chris won because yeah. I, I just didn't think that that was fair. But, yeah, but um, I wasn't disappointed uh, about Chris as a person. I was disappointed about the fact that the bloody show didn't give me any indication that this was where it was going. But after, you know, sucking it up for a couple of days and um, having a few smokes and a couple of beers, <laughs> he, uh, like Chris, Chris played the cards that was dealt to him and uh, he played them pretty well. So um, I was just disappointed the show just didn't give us any indication Um you know, they could have shown us out on edge old people talking about, oh, what are you going to do if you get back in? How are you going to play it? And, you know, what's the best way to get to the thing? I think people would have been uh, much more happier if if Joe had won that final immunity and he got back in and he'd done the same things that Chris had done. Uh, I just wonder what the reaction would have been from the fans. Um, yeah, anyway... You know, that's what, what woulda, coulda, woulda. But, uh, yeah, so that's how I, I sort of felt about that whole thing, uh, Cable. Um, what what did you think about uh, Gavin's performance, man? I, I think his problem, from what, again, what we saw in the edit, I think Gavin was more sneaky under the radar, but I still felt like he had a lot of control on who was going out um, I think there's probably only one vote. He was kind of kept out of the loop. But I felt like for a long time, once he got upset with, I think it was Wardog or someone made a move and didn't tell him, or might have even been Ron, and he got upset with that. Um, from then on in, he pretty much had him and Victoria and Lauren, they got together and, and they were making a lot of decisions together. I just think he wasn't a loud, flamboyant, noisy kind of person that makes a big song and dance at Tribal like a Rick Devons or a Coach Wade or, or any of those big sort of over-the-top characters. He just was a super fan. He kept his, kept his mouth shut. Is sort of, I guess, playing a sneaky kind of game, a bit like Victoria. Like Victoria, again, she wasn't a very loud, in-your-face character. She just was really good socially. And But the problem is these sort of players, unfortunately, sometimes the edit can't give us enough of them. Um, so we probably could probably would argue like, well, are they good enough? But again, I think he was desperately unlucky, Gavin. I think once he got to the end in that scenario with Julia and Chris, I I didn't think he was an absolute shoe-in, but I thought he should still win the game or he'd get enough votes and people would see that he's played. And I felt like we didn't, we haven't seen it, but a lot of people have said that, he, you know, he had good relationships with a lot of people. Um, he was well-liked. So... Really surprised that he, you know, he lost to someone that came. Like I said, I think he only played twelve or thirteen days actually in the game. 
Um, here's my t- quick take on the edge of extinction too that I think should have happened because I think the jury was too big. I think, honestly, edge of extinction should have been reset. So when the first challenge happened and Devons came back into the game, I think that's those people should have all been sent home. And then... Uh, totally, totally agree. And I was saying it at the time and I sort of feel like maybe because Reem was such a good character or they... I'm sure they, they know when they, they're getting the footage and all the stuff they, they think, you know, how good is this going to be? But I'm just trying to think who was at the... I mean, Aubrey was the only other returnee at the edge of extinction that would have gone home. But, you know, Keith was there. He went home anyway. Wendy was there. Reem. I mean, they could have reset it and said, see you later, because they thought they were going anyway. And then, and then start again. Start afresh. Well, uh, well, not only do I agree with you that they should have, when when Rick Devons came back in the game, they should have told the rest of the players in the game, uh, edge is finished. Got rid of the people on the edge. You're done. You've had your chance to get back in. And told them that the edge was finished and then keep sending people to the edge again. <laughs> um without them knowing that the edge was still going. I think that would have really, you know, Jedi uh, mind uh, blasted them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I agree. That would have reduced the number on the jury, would have reduced the chances of you um, going to the edge on purpose, a la like Ozzy Garner Redemption to come back in the game as a hero um, and would have taken out that whole uh, thing. So, yeah, I, I think they could have done that better. I, I'm pretty certain <laughs> they ain't going to do that again, like the whole edge thing. Um, so the next first person out thinking, oh, I'm going to find a sign saying I can get back in, I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, hey, um, yeah. how, how far off your couch did you jump when you uh, – Finally got Rick Devons out, man. Um, yeah, I was I was happy. I wasn't super negative on him. I just um, I actually like him as a character, and I'm sure he's a great bloke as well. And he's the kind oh, of guy yeah, like yeah. he'd be oh, great to have totally a beer with. Man. Ha- yeah, have very a beer entertaining bloke. Have a beer with it. And look, I understand that. Unfortunately, that's sometimes how the editors probably overexpose those people because they just give so much gold TV gold. It's, but even like yourself, you, you're on a, you're in one episode or two episodes of Survivor, but the way you speak, you just you're an entertaining person, and you gave them great stuff to use. That of course oh, they're no, going to. They're, sh- glad, they're glad to see the back end of me, mate. I'm <laughs> that right now. But you know what I'm you know what maybe, I'm saying. Maybe not the viewers, but the people on the island were right. Mm. Mm. But the reality is, some people just have a way of saying things, or they can say something in an entertaining way that is great for television. And Rick's very much that person. That's why I feel sorry for maybe even Victoria. She didn't have a lot of confessionals. I think off the top of my head, Gavin didn't have a hell of a lot. Uh, the returnees got a bit of their time, but. Unfortunately, there's going to be those seasons like where they want to give a bit of everything, but if people aren't giving them, firstly the information, but in an entertaining way, they're not going to. You're not going to see it if it's not 
you know, not especially if it's not important to the story they want to tell you either. Uh, I uh, think I think that that point, Cable, is the most important point. Uh, like uh, I've seen people that are very entertaining that you know I could sit and listen to for hours, but if it doesn't fit the storyline, then they don't get the thing. And I had someone say to me, um, "Oh, Des, I, I was like the most entertaining person on there, and and they didn't show me." And I, I said, "Well, it's because you didn't fit their storyline. You are a very entertaining person, you know. Like it, it just um, the best way to get the biggest storyline is go out and number one boot, and you're guaranteed to get the storyline. I, I can tell you that, Cable." Mm. Uh, deservedly or undeservedly, that's what will happen. Mm. Well, anyway, I, I feel like oh, I've lost. Sorry, I've, I've digressed. I've no, 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 no. You haven't. I yeah. kind of, lo- I've just kind of lost where I was sort of at. But we'll just go yeah, on to. That, that oh happens. no, so Rick, you said you were talking about Rick going out. So there was a part of me that was kind of happy. Like, I again, I don't hate. Guy, people that find idols that because I understand that they make a choice in the game because they know they're near the bottom or they don't have a lot of alliance partners. They have to go out and they have to get on the front foot and survive. So, full credit to you know people like Rick Devons who has been sort of uh, I guess what's the word um, compared to Ben Drebergen from Heroes, Hustlers, yeah. Healers, and um, even then, before that, maybe Worlds Apart, a little bit like, I know he won a few more immunities, but even Mike Holloway. So th- three people, well, Devons didn't get to the end, but two other people that got to the end were supposed to go out, but got to the end by continually surviving. And I think people, I think fans like you and I, the, you know, the super fans that love this show, we do like a good underdog story, but sometimes when the underdogs feels like it's just not handed to them, but you know, they have to kind of keep surviving by kind of, you know, finding an idol, using it, saving themselves, and then going out the first thing in the next morning, finding it again. I think there's that part of the story isn't as as exciting. Like, it feels like, oh, well, they're just going to keep finding idols. They're not building relationships. They're not really changing their position. They're just using an advantage in the game to propel them forward. And I don't think people – that doesn't rub everyone – the right way. Um, oh, look, for, for sure. Uh, we all have a hidden conspiracy theory inside us. And when, <laughs> you, and when you see somebody continually finding idols every time they play them and, and it looks like, holy fuck, the production must have just took them straight to that point. I, I mm. understand the conspiracy theories are just going off in everybody's head. So, yeah, I... I I, uh, I'd agree with that, man. That uh, it uh, it turns the super fans off. The casuals love it, yeah. Because the casuals are going, oh, oh, come on, Rick, come on, man, just find another idol. It's pretty simple. Just go and look in the bush. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a part of me that was like hoping he, and then when the the episode started and he found another idol or he had. Found another idol. He won an immunity. He had a half idol with uh, Chris, and then he was able to make two fake idols to you know stitch the girls up. I mean, 
it just felt like, oh, my God, this is just going to be a cakewalk to the end. And, of course, then Chris made the smart move of, um, you know, like uh, sending going to fire with him, and that was the end of Rick. And I, I was definitely sort of happy about that. But then the fact that Chris ended up winning, I was kind of like, oh, I kind of would rather have Rick got to the end in the end. Like, I would have felt better about that, if that makes sense. But that's the thing, I can't. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, well, I don't know. I just... Oh, no, man. Like... Rick, Rick, Rick was my um, uh, my devil angel, mate. I just mm. I, every week I Love turned hate. on. Yeah. I turned on. Oh, Rick's got another idol. Oh, Rick's won immunity. Come on, you guys, just get rid of this plague, please, yeah. please. And when he got voted out, mate, yeah. um, cheering. I didn't have a hole in my roof before I watched that episode, but when he got voted out, mate, I just shot up to the moon. Uh, I was so happy. Oh, Rick Devons is gone. Oh, it was just like cheering. If I'd had a bloody uh, foghorn on me, uh, on me uh, 700-metre bloody ocean liner, mate, I'd have been blowing it the whole way down the Sunshine <laughs> Coast. You'd have heard it down in Melbourne, man. I was just, I was just so happy. That uh, that after all the luck that he'd had, I, I mean, he was very entertaining. I'm not saying that, um, but I was just, I was just so wrapped that it wasn't going to be Rick Devon this season. Um, of course, at that stage, I didn't know it was going to be Chris. Otherwise, yes. I, that probably would have like plummeted me down to the bottom edge of the earth. But anyway, uh, yeah, no. I'll, I, I was wrapped. That's why I said to you, how did you feel when, when, when Rick finally like got dispatched? I, well, I was pretty happy, man. Uh, well, I don't know. And look, I'll, I'll have to say though, I was happy that Chris made this huge move and I, I liked it. I agree with all the, the reasons why he did it. And it was the smartest move. If you get, no one's going to beat Devon to the end. So get rid of it. And that was the shock, I guess, for everyone of the episode was that, well, apart from Chris winning, but Chris actually doing that and actually taking out Rick, because I think people thought he'd become invincible and he was a certain new win the game. So I think the surprise factor and, and to be able to not feel like, you know, Rick was actually going to get to the end and win, all of a sudden, like, well, at least, yeah, I haven't, I don't know. I just, yeah, I can't, I don't like the seasons where the winner's so dominant and it's, so obvious because it's just they're just not as enjoyable seasons as simple as that I mean for me personally uh, um, there's been some great winners that have dominated the game but they're just not as entertaining to watch because they get a lot of airtime generally and they just run rings about a lot of the other players yeah well you watch that AFL football don't you yes uh, Cable yeah so when the favourite who's the strongest team in the AFL at the moment uh, Geelong on top, yeah. Geelong, yeah, right. Top, yeah. So, so the team on the bottom comes up against Geelong to, you know, one against eight to go to the grand final, mm. and the underdog wins, mate. Like, there are so many people just so happy. Eh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there going for the favourite that are, you know, slashing their wrists. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great moment, and yeah. it's a bit like that when. When Chris went against Rick Devons and, like, you thought, oh, this is a great move. Uh, will will he be able to bloody beat him? Um, you know, and he did. Uh, and, 
you know, I like I said before, I thought Rick played a bloody great game, mate, with, with the cards that were dealt to him and, and his fortune. But I was just so happy to see him gone. I did not want to look back next year and go, oh, the winner of Survivor 38 was, wait for it, newsflash, Rick Demons. No, I didn't want that. So you must have loved the little little thing that he did for Ryan Brink. Oh, what did he do, man? Oh, did you? You haven't heard that yet. Oh, well, Matt. So, Matt. Your mate Matt Tarrant did the interviews with. Uh, uh, hang on a minute. Hang on. He's Matt not your mate. Tarrant. Matt Tarrant's uh, an acquaintance, not a mate. But <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, and they Matt did the uh, the exit interviews or the the finale interviews with the final six for right. Ryan, and then I know Ryan shared on Twitter, maybe Facebook, I remember, but there was a sound clip of Rick Devons doing the. Yeah, the kind of the news intro for Brink of Reality podcast. Oh, good. I'll, I'll have to look that up, man. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll sort of, I guess, uh, is there anything else important you want to say or think about? Because I'm sort of, oh, I feel like I'm a little bit over the season now. I feel like it was a little bit anticlimactic. Just any thoughts on, like, I know you're a big fan of Victoria. I felt like, she played a good game, but her edit sort of really fizzled out towards the end. Yeah, I I, uh, I felt uh, very disappointed. I, I, I thought um, I thought the final votes were quite indicative of the the feeling this season. Um, I think it was all four that voted for Gavin were the were the people that played off the edge, um, and all late that voted for Chris were on the edge. Um, I think that's right. Uh, stand to be corrected. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, those, those people that played, you know, 37 days in there um, to go out at the last minute. Yeah. I, I, uh, I did feel a bit of, uh, you know, sympathy or empathy or, whatever the bloody word is for them. I think Chris deserves the, uh, you know, the winner, the winner, uh, Guernsey. Um, probably because, you know, he went in saying, I'm going to play the perfect game and went to the edge early and lasted that whole time, came back, uh, played his three advantages as well. Um, so, yeah, I have no... Uh, I have no discourse against uh, Chris being a, a, a worthy, you know, Survivor 38 winner. Um, yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll be happy to see him back to have another game in. So, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, um, you know, support you on that. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, um, I've been very don't hate the player, hate the game. I think Chris, while it's not, for me as a purist uh, and a lover of the game, it's not the game I probably would have voted for. But again, I'm, I wasn't there. I'm not on the jury. Um, but I will give congratulations to Chris because he was... he. I guess he couldn't play a classic game of Survivor because the theme wasn't classic Survivor. He played his best in that theme and the way the game was set up. So he got his opportunity the second time around to come back into the game and... 
at final six, he, you know, used his advantage well. He built a relationship with Rick and Lauren. He got Lauren to play an idol. He won immunity when it counted. He did the ballsy move to go to fire. Um, so he played the best that he could, I guess, in the small amount of game time he actually had to put himself in a position to win. And the jury gave him the vote. Whether you think it's fair or not, he did what he could. And I guess within the parameters of the game, and he 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 won. So um, full props to him. Am I super happy? Necessarily, again, it's not his fault. I was super happy with the twist in the end, the way it played out. No, but it's just the way it is. We never. We ne- well, at the end of the day, we, Des, have you ever been happy with every winner that's ever played? I, I bet not. So, and I've never always been happy or never really loved some of the winners. But that's just how it is. You're not gonna. There's going to be some people you gravitate towards for whatever reason. Uh, they remind you of a family member, or you, you had a, you worked a similar job to the, what they do, or whatever it is. There's different reasons why we follow certain people in Survivor, and you're not always going to necessarily gel or, or, or love every winner that's ever won. So, uh, but Chris seems like a lovely guy, um, pretty popular and uh, well liked. So. Um, you know, congratulations to him. I think he got married, what, two weeks ago. Uh, and, uh, yeah, look, he's now officially a Survivor winner. Yeah, no, I probably agree with just about all, all what you said there, mate. Um, you just got to play what's on the plate in front of you. And uh, and he did that. And, uh, and uh, he got the chocolates. So, yeah. So with me to discuss the finale, the controversial finale, I have Julian now. Hello, yes, controversial indeed. I think that is, um, no one would argue with that point. Yes, good to talk about it. Um, now you've had a, very similar to Des and myself, uh, had a couple of days to sit on it, think about it, analyse it, get it right in your head. Uh, what are your, actually take me back to the moment you watched the finale. What was your initial oh, response or feelings? I went through a roller coaster of emotions actually um, uh, uh, during the finale. Like I almost turned it off uh, <laughs> at I, one I, point. It, it, it's funny you say that. I don't want to d- jump in because I, I I know all this most of this part of the podcast will be. I'm just be talking to you and you'll be talking. I'm interested uh, to hear your thoughts too. But yeah, yeah, you uh, had the same thought, did you? Or? No, no, no. What you said about turning it off, I, I sort of was a little bit like that at one point. I was like, when I think one of the moments was um, when so, Devon's found the idol um, again. Like, yeah, that's but also when I was yeah, but then when Chris had one in his bag, I'm like, I just did this big. I I did that, you know, almost like that eye roll. That's like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and so I was watching it live. Des watched it live. You were watching it live. Yeah, I was yeah. watching it live. Well, I think I saw your tweet, like, say something about um, this is just jumping the shark, um, CBS. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so that was your moment. I guess uh, but it- but uh, I, I, I thought, am I the only one? But you, you, you just said that. I've since in the coming days heard a few people, like, were frustrated. I think Des said that Des was saying something, sort of turning it off or th- throwing something at his TV yeah. screen. Um, and but the other because I was live tweeting at the time, obviously, another one, uh, another survivor, Brian Corridan, who is again from yes. another season of yours, he put out a tweet and he was pretty much, I'm done, I want to, I'm, I'm gonna switch off, yeah. kind of thing. And that was, I think, I, I'm pretty sure I retweeted that or retweeted it, yes, yeah, so I mean, yeah, sorry to jump in, but yeah, I think oh, that's that's, right. it's, yeah. that's definitely a, 
big. I, I think there's a lot of people like few that. people. A yeah. lot of people. I think it's interesting because your your moment um, was regarding um, that half idol that Chris got right um, in his bag after the thing, and my moment was when Devin. It was idol related, but not the same thing. It was when Devin's. Um, woke up in the morning, they were all looking for idols and then he found, happened to be the one person that found the idol again. Like, that was my... And I was like, Devons has won it. Fuck this shit. Like, I can't <laughs> be bothered. Just like... And, well, it all... That that was so crazy that it didn't happen that way and we all thought it was a sure thing. And, um, yeah, so, like like I said, like, it was, I fully went through a roller coaster of emotions. Like, I was... I, 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 um, I thought it was really, really entertaining finale. There's so many arguments to get into or have been get into already and probably talk to death about whether or not it was um, kind of whether the season mattered because, you know, someone that got voted out third uh, came back right at the end basically and, and won the game and all that other stuff. It just kind of makes irrelevant. And that's an interesting point, but I, I still think the story was Devons, 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 and then it was kind of like, um, at the last hour, he he was beaten by someone else, and and that was Chris's story that he tried to tell. That you know, I I be- was the only one that could beat the guy that everyone else was trying to get out. And it's such an unconventional season. It's such a controversial season. But you know what? I here's my maybe one of my hot takes. I actually think this is one of the more interesting seasons of Survivor that we've ever had. And for the for the many bad things about it, I think it was one of, um, at least it was different and it can stand alone as a really, really memorable and enjoyable season because I, I enjoyed The Edge of Extinction as a twist. I liked seeing, there was a lot of problems with it, sure. wasn't perfect, but I really enjoyed the differences. Um, I got quite emotional in the finale when they all talked about their time there and how difficult and how they struggled and strive. I thought that was really powerful. Um, so, yeah, like it's crazy season, Cable, crazy. Very, very crazy. Uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm happy to keep you bring up points, and um, I'm happy to hear you out because I'm still don't know how I feel. I don't know where it sits. I think initially I had once, and this is not an anti Chris rant either, but I I because of the way it played out. While I agree with you, and I think another thing that has come up, a lot of people have actually said. The, the finale was really entertaining. They enjoyed it. They kind of enjoyed the twist that it wasn't Devon's that won and that he got taken out in a big move at fi- uh, at fire by Chris. And there was a couple of things that definitely ha- happened in that episode that made it a really good episode, like really high up there in the, you know, when you sort of think of all the, all the sort of all-time episodes. But the actual general product the, as a whole – yeah. Because Chris won, like you said, like it feels like that whole middle part of the game that we're invested in, the pilots versus passengers, all that stuff was became irrelevant by Chris coming back in and winning. So, I mean, it's not like they're going to – they can't just scrap all that because he wins and not show us anything. But yeah. it sort of does feel a little bit – these plays went through all these emotions and blind sides and moves and strategy. And, 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 I, for and what? I understand for the other players, they're probably pretty pissed. Um Namely, um, the final five, you know, that Chris... But they should have taken him out too. And yes, he was helped by that idol. Um, and and that's a controversial point. But the same thing though, like that goes with the whole idols. Like people that have a problem with 
Chris's idol didn't seem to have as much of a problems with Devon's winning idols all the time. And, and at least there was a precedent for the first person that um, back in the game, which was Devon's. He got the same sort of benefit really, didn't he? And oh, it wasn't absolutely. like he could uh, when he got back in the game. So yes, it was. I just don't, I, I think one of my thoughts is like, I'm fine with Chris getting back in and they're having a second person back in, but I just think it should have been maybe one vote before um, do you know yeah, what I mean? Instead yeah, of at the final five or, yeah, or whatever. I agree with you. I think they should have come in at seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah, instead of making it six again when he got back in. Yeah. I think... Because that person yeah. can potentially be, come back and be that swing vote, uh, or at least that's where they have a little bit of leverage potentially. There's a bit more time to get them out. I mean, but that, that said, there still was a bit of time to get Chris out. I just think... Um, and, like, I guess I'll just go in and say this now okay. because... Um, I actually think all the people saying that Gavin should have won, yes, but but really, it like what Chris did more. I honestly think, and I know, I know we don't see a lot of Gavin, but I really think that you've got to do stuff these days in Survivor, mm. and Gavin really didn't do enough. Like he just didn't, and Chris did more than I think in his short time in terms of moves <clears throat> that Gavin did all game. And that's why he won. Like, had he have been with other people, if Chris had been with Lauren, um, I don't know if he would have, Lauren and Julie, I don't think he might've won. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think Gavin's game was that impressive. I know he played a, a good solid social game, but so many people can play a good solid social game. We see that every season. Someone, there's several people play. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. Yeah. And, and it's not like that that um, he, Chris didn't really have very much competition. He sat next to the right people. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. sort of like, I think he did a really, really good, he sold his games yeah. so, so well too. But I, um, So from my point of view, I'm still finding it hard to reconcile Chris winning because I hear what you're saying. And I think, yeah, Gavin was more of an under-the-radar player, was trying not to be loud and flashy like a Devons. He was the opposite. And there's no mm-hmm. there's no harm in that, and that's his strategy. I heard his exit interview with Rob. Um, he was sort of saying that, that, unfortunately, that was the way he sort of tried to play and didn't want to make big, you know, like big outlandish, you know, spectacles at uh, Tribal, just wanted to go about his business and just get the job done. And yep. that's the problem. I think you're right. I mean... From season to season, it can vary, but I think there is still this. Depends on the, yeah. Well, I still think there's this big, oh, you've got to have big moves. You've got to show people your resume, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Gavin went a particular way, and I, I, I still think he's desperately unlucky not to win because he's 39 days. He is unlucky. Never got, yeah, never got, oh, on a different season. And this is what I said to Des last night. I think he has to be now officially the unluckiest sort of loser runner up. In the history, but would he history. have won against Lauren and Julie? I don't know if he would have. I reckon Lauren would have may, taken. Yeah, but may, maybe not. But we don't know, but, do but, we? But, but my argument is this, and I, I agree with you. Like Chris did all this amazing stuff with the cards he was dealt in those last couple yeah. of days, right? Do you know what sucks? Can I just say something really? Yeah, quickly? Go, go. Do you know what sucks for Gavin mostly? And this is more unfair than Chris getting that idol, half idol, and and stuff at um at the when he got back in. This is the most unfair thing for Gavin. Is that Chris? And and this is what I kind of have a problem with, um, that Chris had time the, to, with the jury. You know what I mean? And I said this yes, like yeah, halfway and, through the season. Yeah. He had time to like, you know, build all those relationships. So that was always going to sort of 
be votes kind of more likely to go his way because Reen had never met Gavin and other people hadn't barely played and, or met yeah. Gavin at all. And that's and that was an unfair element, I suppose, and, if we talk about unfairness. Ab- yeah. Well, absolutely. And that, that's the point I was sort of going to get to. And I think that's the one big thing. I know we discussed it hypothetically if Joe got back in the game. I know we've discussed it. I know Ryan Brinks discussed it. I know yeah. Robin Steven have discussed he it. He almost did. I know, so yeah. I, know, I feel like a, that was a thing that people started to pick up on. Hang on, is this that, – that's potentially a disadvantage. Like in previous seasons, like where it is a Redemption Island type twist, would people vote for that person when they got back in? You don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a hypothetical. They will vote out, blah, blah, blah. But in this scenario, it was – Effectively, the outcast twist. Um, yeah, but the Pete, like again, Chris being the prime example, seeing he was an early boot, he was able to spend so much more time with all these people, yeah, and, and have a social connection, get fish, and just be a good bloke. And he doesn't have any blood on his hands for apart from Reem, he has yeah. no blood on his hands for anyone else voted out in that game at all. Whereas Gavin has a lot of blood on his hands from that jury. So if there's any bitterness... I suppose so. so that, I suppose Gavin does. Yeah, I take your point. So definitely. so that's where I sort of think, geez, that's that's kind of unlucky yeah. too. Like whether Chris played an awesome game or not, I think not irrelevant, but it, it he's got a massive leg up like from that side. Yeah. So that's... I, just, I definitely get what you're saying. I just wonder if production, when they really thought out the twist, firstly, did they think so many people were not... Well, would Well, did they think... More people are going to do a, a, a Wendy and Keith and quit. And, I think so. Yeah, and so that sort of backfired. And then, and then, did they really think about the connections those people would make on the edge for the person coming back? I just, I think, I think here's what I think should have happened. I think when the when Devons got back in after Edge of Extinction, um, all the people that didn't win that challenge should have probably gone home, <laughs> and then. Well, this, like, do you know, this is, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, like, this that, is exactly and then what it should have reset. This is exactly what me and Dez said, and I, I, really? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember hearing anyone else say it when I've listened to podcasts. I'm sure, again, I'm sure Rob or Ryan or someone else has mentioned it as well. But that was my that was my problem with once Devon's got back in, it should it should have reset to zero, and yeah. the edge people go start again, yeah, and start and again, new and, they, and, the edge, and yeah. they shouldn't have been part of the jury because I just think that just yeah. added. I I don't know whether maybe that could have been a plan, and they kind of hedged their bets if the, there was a bit of gold there with Reem and Aubrey. Was it worth keeping them in yeah. in as a storyline, yeah. you know, device maybe? But I mean, apart from them, yeah, they would have lost Aubrey, they would have lost Reem. But you know, Chris Chris couldn't have won then because yeah, he exactly. would have. Um, and that, that, yeah. that's the other interesting thing. But I do think that would have been the better way of doing it. If I mean, they didn't know then if Chris was going to, you know, get back in. They, production didn't know anything. But I do think the people then on the edge that were to become the jury, yes, they might have spent a bit of time, but at least they would have played with the people that were in the game. Like, the, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was pre and post merge. Um, and that would have just been a bit better, I think. But, but yeah, I take your point about like Chris didn't really have to get blood in his hands, whereas Gavin did, or and and he didn't have to. Yeah, like he he got to sort of yeah he got to basically just chill and not play the game and keep going further, whereas Gavin had to fight every vote sort of to stay in the game. And I think that is another problem. Um, but that said, like Gavin just he just didn't really lead any votes or like I just didn't see much from his game that I could respect and 
I actually don't think his game was... He spoke. He had more to say than Julie, but I don't really think his game was that much better than Julie's, to be honest. Like, um, so, yeah, but like don't, don't, don't you think Gavin was more... While he, again, he wasn't a very loud, outspoken person. Well, there's probably one vote he wasn't really in for, and that was with when Wardog pulled the move and didn't tell him. Um, and he got upset about it. He's like, stop talking to me like I'm a dog, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but overall, like Gavin, for that, towards that back end stretch of the game, was in control with Lauren and Victoria and stuff. Like, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's so he, hard to say. Yeah, I do agree. He, he wasn't the he alpha. He was on the right side of the numbers. Yeah, and I, again, listening to interviews uh, with uh, Rob on the on the red carpet, he, you know, one of his arguments was that he couldn't be the super like put himself out and yeah. be alpha because no, every you alpha, play the game, you, well, every yeah. alpha, every time an alpha sort of stepped up and, and started making decisions, they got voted out. So yeah. he purposely sort of kept himself a little bit more under the radar. And it wasn't his style to be that kind yeah. of player either. Yeah, and he did play a good solid game. I just, I just don't think. I guess for this jury, it was enough for yeah. them, and and it and that also comes into the fact that. They didn't really, like, Chris got to spend time with them. But I just, I suppose you either look at it like, did Gavin do enough or was Chris just so much better? And there's two sides of it. Like, was Gavin's game good enough or was it just that it um, Chris's game was better or was Gavin's game not good and Chris's game, well, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's how they see Well, the, it. the other interesting thing with the votes was that pretty much everyone that was on edge with Chris voted for yeah. him, apart from Kelly Wentworth. And the three last people out of oh, actually, no, Victoria went for Chris as well, which was a really weird shot. But actually. Yeah, yeah, but Kelly, Lauren, and the two others that were pretty much Aurora was it? Did she vote? Uh, yeah, game? Aurora and jeez, oh, who off the top of my head? Who else was out? He got four votes. Yeah, yeah, so but pretty much those four votes came in that sort of same cluster of people towards the were in the game a bit longer. Um, it's kind of interesting that um, Aubrey and Joe voted for um, for Chris as well. Um, it's I don't know. I wonder because they're seasoned. Well, Aubrey is particularly seasoned, but Joe knows. You know, like it's just interesting. Like I just think all of that's so true is what we're saying. But I also think Chris played like he he did enough that they could the jury could really get on board and be like, you know what, I it's different than someone just getting back into the game and sort of just being sort of there at the final three. Like he really made a case for himself and like, they're like, well, I feel good about like giving him a vote and they can justify why they voted for him based on the fact that I reckon his move to give the necklace um, up was just the smartest thing he could have done because it Gavin wanted to earn that glory because Gavin knew that he needed something on his resume. That's why he's like, yeah. I want to do the final. And he, Gavin kind of knew that. Like, he was worried about that all the time. Yeah. And Chris sort of stole that thunder from him. Uh, he, he Then he could say he got out Devons. I just think he did. He played an immunity idol. Currently, he got the trust of Lauren. He got Devon sort of on with him and sort of um, harnessed that trust and that sort of relationship. I just think he did so much. Like I've never really think in three days, and I know the edit presented us because he had to, he was the winner, so they had to show you know good stuff that he did. But I've never really seen a player just do that much, run run so much at the end game. He won an immunity challenge as well, um, obviously to get the necklace to give to Julie um, for the final fire. 
making challenge. But yeah, he just did so much, and like I just think it was really, really good. How 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 do we rank him as a winner? It's really, really hard. Hey, um, um, based on yeah, it is because it, it unf- the circumstances. Well, yeah, it's just. Well, going back to even what you're saying about Aubrey and Joe, like I, I was surprised they voted that way that they would acknowledge that as a win. Yeah. But obviously, like you said, they've, they've spent a lot of time with him at Edge. But I, look, it is you wonder whether the game, like the game, is really the social aspects really important. And 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 if they didn't really know Gavin that well, I mean Aubrey and Joe did a bit because they were on Karma, but maybe they got to know Chris better. Oh, they were, and, yeah. and and yeah, it is. It's so dependent on like how you feel about a person who you give your vote to as well. Like, not to say they didn't like Gavin, but all the stuff you do is icing on the cake. But I really think it depends. Um, the moves are icing on the cake, and if you do nothing, sure, it's going to be hard to get votes. But if if they feel really good about you and you do moves that they think are enough, then yeah, I think it, it's. It's such a weird win, though, to talk about, isn't it? Well, it's such a I, I think win. a lot of fans would probably have a little asterisk next to the winner for this one. Yeah. But having said all that, like, I mean, you're right. I mean, he what he did in that last what was it three or four days he was in the game, or at final, obviously from final six. Yeah, you. I just kind of almost find it hard to think any one of the other players. If he didn't get through, if Joe, see, and that's the other amazing thing, Joe only just lost that challenge. Again, yeah. if, if the edit was 100%, you know, like, you know, frame by frame, uh, time stamped and everything accurate. I know we we do hear that sometimes the close challenges that we see on TV aren't exactly close. They just edit in such a way to make it more exciting. But Yeah, that was really I, fucking close. Yeah, I believe that that was pretty close. And even Aurora was not far behind as well. And she did really well on that challenge. And I actually was thinking she was going to come back in the way it was sort of playing out. But... Yes, me but too. But it's just, it's amazing to think that Joe just lost it and yeah. all, all, had his, his second ball pretty close and yeah. he was in the box seat to win. But I actually don't think he would have got to the end. I don't think he would have played how no, hard, I don't think he, yes, how hard as Chris did. And, and maybe that was the benefit of Chris having good relationship with Devons and Lauren before going out of the game. I think Chris proved he's very intelligent because we didn't see that much of him in the first, you know, bit of the game before he got voted out and we saw just a tiny couple of snippets. So it's really hard. I get, I get it. It's really hard for people to get on board with, but I actually think he was really quite a smart player. Um, he'd be interesting to see play again in a, in a season without edge of extinction. Um, Cause I think he's a big fan of the show and understands the game really well and plays aggressively, but in a really smart sort of way. Um, but that said, like I've got to make this point as well. Survivor, what I have a problem with the way Survivor's going is just how much it's starting to rely on luck and mechanics yeah. and twists. And, and that's, I think, my problem with um, the, the direction of the show. I don't mind this season for a one-off, and a lot of people have said that. And I, I actually liked the dynamic of something. It was a very, very different seeing this Edge of Extinction. I don't think... Uh, some people have argued it's like Redemption Island, but I think it's very, very different. What I do have another problem is is the whole the way like Redemption Island, you sit there for so many days and all it comes down to is just one challenge. Like, whereas at least Redemption had challenges every time. So that was a bit more like, okay, if you're good at, you can, yeah, I just think to decide who gets back in for both entrants 
just by a challenge is a little bit trivial. They should have, and again, I've said this before, but I don't know what else they could have done. But it's like who can who can untie knots and and do a table maze the best? Really? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I, I, little side note: I can't believe how badly Aubrey went at the knots when she had the yeah. pra- well, she had the practice. I was True, I, she yeah. She I don't know if she choked, but she was like almost dead last with Reem and and she's right. actually a pretty good challenge competitor normally. Um, or decent, you know, she's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, oh, geez, yeah, I, I, I agree with you too. I, while the challenge, I know they want to have these awesome long kind of challenges and sort of have a bit of... Favoured the guys, I think, definitely. I, I don't... I, I know they're not huge on endurance challenges, but I think in that scenario, it's you've got to dig deep. If you really want to get back in the game, you've got to stick it out. I... I, yeah, I think I saw Shannon Gates love her tweets. She's got a lot of good takes. She yeah. she um, oh, so was sh- said that it should be a Palau style thing, okay. um, like Ian and um, Tom did. Oh, okay. You know, like a real, not like endurance in the fact of a bit of like some people are going to be better at holding on to something, but kind of like they did in the Australian Outback, like standing on a fucking perch, like ultimate willpower rather than who who's better at like balancing this for as long as you can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, that's a good segue into Shannon Gates because I don't know if it was her tweet that I actually saw because I, I – long story short, I did see someone tweet. She's had a lot of tweets. I, She's had yeah. a lot of good tweets. <laughs> I know. I, no, I just know. I, I was thinking about it should have been an endurance challenge, but I knew it wasn't going to be when we saw, obviously, that uh, uh, Aubrey got a, a section to practice. And we sort of knew going on what – Devon's had to do to get back in. I sort of knew yeah. it would be some sort of obstacle course, but I was hoping again, sometimes I have these thoughts, but it's not till, you know, I think, Oh, is it just me? And then a few, you know, you're right. You see a few tweets, you go, Oh, cool. Other people on the same wavelength. I'm not the only one. Yeah. So this is a common thing. And then you sort of think, well, who are these people that Jeff Probst talks to on the street? Who the fuck are they? Because sometimes the stuff they come up with, I'm like, really, really? But anyway, I'm glad you brought up Shannon because, you, like you said, she had some great tweets. But she put this tweet out um, was yesterday, late yesterday, and this is I'll read it out. The argument that you can only play the hand you're dealt is annoying because the dealer was rewarding failure, getting voted out earlier, not winning the first uh, edge of extinction challenge was the avenue to an idol info relationships and a lack of tricky social politicking until six hashtag survivor. And I know one of our good friends, uh, Linda, she sort of commented and liked it as well. And I, I did because I think that's a good sum up of, I think why people are a little bit disappointed. Like, um, yes, I think she commented on that tweet in the thread that this season kind of a, that she said the other players would have been better off to fail in some ways, like than stay in the game, like because uh, it's kind of rewarded you failing this season based on like the fact that like there's an incentive because if you're on the edge of extinction, you don't have to like vote anyone out. You can build relationships with the jury who are going to vote for you and not annoy anyone at the same time. You've got like direct access to the jury, mind you, which was a really good strategy when Chris came back into the game. I think he played it quite well saying like, I've got information. I just, my brain's a bit slow. Like, obviously I think he, he and the other players on edge workshopped what the best strategy to be would be for the person that gets back in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, Shannon Gates' tweet there is like, what are you, what's your thoughts? Because I basically agree with a lot of it too, but I can't, I can't hate, like. Well, you can't hate yeah. the player, you hate the game. Yeah, and she's sort of saying, hate the dealer, which is the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, look, and that's what I agree with. And I don't hate the show that much for this instance of Edge of Extinction, but I do agree it's really unfair for the other players in many ways. Yeah, it's, uh, again, like, it's a hard one because I think, like I said, like with the hand, like with the hand he was dealt by that crappy dealer, um, Chris played amazing in those last few days. Like, I, I absolutely, absolutely give him credit, like I said to Dez last night, um, and give him massive props. Um, it's just, look, having said that, he seems like a nice guy. Um, he's a, he's a super fan. Um, if you listen to his, uh, pre-game stuff with Josh Wiggler. He's a big fan. He's listened to the evolution of strategy, all that stuff. Um, so, like, he's definitely a super fan. So there's a part of me that's happy for him that he's won. And he's, like I said, he seems like a really good person. So I don't begrudge him winning. because. But he just – he was very very well uh, – he did well in playing to the theme and using the theme to his advantage. The, yeah. on, the only thing I was saying, what sort of you sort of touched on and, and maybe what Shannon sort of said – the first, oh, what's actually happened in Chris winning is that the season has rewarded failure by the edge of an extinction person winning, but I don't. I think you wouldn't. You wouldn't want to do an Aussie and hope to go there if you knew that was a twist, because you got a harder run in. You know, Aussie, like Aussie, for example, in South Pacific was happy to go there to beat Christine and and move forward. But he's only competing against one other person, and he's backing himself in to win. It's risky, but to win those challenges. But you've only got two challenges to win, or two chances to win a cha- uh, get in, which Chris yeah. did. But you're playing against five other people or ten other people. Like it's a lot of people to be. Competing. It's a lot of people to beat. And yeah, you, that's true. It doesn't matter how good you are. You, your percentage chances of winning have dropped different. It's not fifty-fifty anymore. It's like what you got. Ten percent or nine percent chance of winning. Um, so, well, I was so surprised that Chris was the one that won the challenge. To be honest, like I just never really thought, oh, he could be someone that gets back in. Uh, like, yeah, it'd be interesting to. I wish we had done a little bit of a. Uh, I, yeah, maybe did. I, I think, suppose if I, I suppose if I brainstormed, I suppose he is a challenge competitor that is likely. But I just, you know, the thoughts of like, all right, who could come back into the game? I was thinking. Aubrey, David, even uh, David's not that good at challenge, but I didn't know what the challenges was. Sometimes he's okay at puzzles and stuff. Like I actually, I was thinking more. I was still Joe Kelly. Well, I still had Joe there, and I thought maybe Kelly, but I was more tilting towards people that only recently be out, out of the game. Like Aurora. Yeah, I, I really thought Aurora did well in challenges, and I, and she she got to the the she got to the tilt table. First, too, didn't she? I, I think. I think so. I, yeah. Um, so she was sort of definitely in the box seat, and she had a ball in in place early as well. So she did well, but I just thought maybe some of the 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 sort of more recent people out, like even Ron Aurora, I thought because they haven't been uh, completely depleted on yeah. I just thought they might be still a bit fresher, a bit more. You know, just just have a bit more petrol in the tank to sort of get through a challenge like that. Do you think Edge of Extinction should have been harder than what it was, like in terms of because 
I think at first, the first few weeks of this season, I thought, oh, God, it's so, it's really hard out there. But then it kind of just seemed like pretty, pretty relaxed and like summer camp, like by the seconds, <laughs> kind of half of the show. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, is that a problem too? Like, if it had have been harder, more people might have quit. Um, they would have, yeah. I think... It's a balance. It's hard balance to strike. I well, again, it, it, it's hard for me to even comment 100% because we just didn't see enough of it. Yeah. Or I feel like they almost needed to have an extra link where you could, like, I mean, uh, CBS All Access. Uh, it, it's stupid that it's geo-block for us anyway if we wanted to. Yeah. Seeing that... Um, CBS owns one of our networks here and plays Survivor or at least Australian <laughs> Survivor. You'd think they'd have some sort of, you know, deal here. Anyway, that's another side point anyway. But it would have been able, like, not necessarily like a Big Brother feed, but it would have been good to see extra feed or just extra stuff they're doing at the edge of extinction, maybe even just so we can see how hard it was. Because, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know if it seemed like it was super hard. Um and while they didn't have challenges to win and, and every day have a couple you know opportunities to win some awesome food rewards, I still think I know what I'd rather well, – if I was playing Survivor, I'd rather stay in the game, to be totally honest. Oh, yeah. But having said that, if I knew I still had an opportunity to get back in the game and I could sit around for 20-some days and – chill out and be bored shitless at points, but not have I to, suppose not have to worry. About, yeah. Like you think about Chris's mindset and his brain, he doesn't have to worry about, uh, he only has to worry about winning a challenge and thinking about getting back in the game. He doesn't have to worry about. And that's days away too. Like when he, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, for days, well, he, they don't really have to do anything. Yeah, just eat and just chill. Yeah, and, and he like, They must've got, yeah. He doesn't have to, um, I don't know if you picked this. I don't know what you've listened to so far, but I listened to uh, Rob's exit with um, Rick. And Rick made a good point, which showed how sort of, I guess you could debate the whole edge of extinction. And this wasn't coming across bitter or anything like that. But he was sort of saying that, um, you know, on the edge, he didn't have to worry about strategy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, he was able to have a nap for four hours and not worry. Whereas once he was back in the game, he was go, go, go. I mean, he didn't want to sleep or didn't, he was just, you know, had to go find idols, had to do this, had to constantly plot and scheme. And, and that mentally, and just, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's, um, it was really, the edge was really conducive for them building really, um, really solid relationships. Like I've watched Ponderosa, um, uh, and you can see how close all the people on edge really got like, and that's a lot closer than the normal sort of game that you can get. So yeah, it was, um, I just, I, I think to your point, like we just didn't see it. And I think that was another problem with the season. Like it's so hard based on the time that we've got to, but we needed to see a little bit more, even though there might be not much going on, we still needed to see little bits and pieces a bit more, um, rather than just kind of like, it was just so limited, you know, like what we saw. And that's what, and, um, yeah, that's what Des wasn't happy with. He just felt like. I think a lot of people would have felt better about the, the winner, Chris, and all of that if we'd seen a bit more of Edge along the way. Yeah. And, and look, it's a balancing act because they don't want to tip their hat too much that uh, an Edge of Extinction person is going to come back and win the game, but. 
make it too uh, obvious. Yeah, well, they exactly. don't want to make it too obvious, but I agree. I just feel like we just didn't see enough of it all in general that it's kind of like, well... Even fucking Gavin and um, Lauren, really, and um, Julie, We I feel like this season, because it was so unique, really came at the expense of seeing a lot of um, players and their games, and um, it was, yeah, it's just a really, really interesting season, but... But yeah, I don't know. It's um, one for the history books. Yeah, so um, I guess are we going to put a, a? We could put a. Put we a, can put a pin in that. I suppose. What's your like to more broadly of the season? Because there's a lot more to discuss about the finale and the reunion. I mean, what's your quick thoughts on the reunion? There's not really that much to say about it. I suppose. Um, look, the unfortunately the reunions are really cut short a lot more. Like they're not. Um, a lot of that three-hour block for Survivor, um, you know, we used to have, like, the finale would go for the sort of two hours at least or, you know, a little bit over two hours and then you'd have the rest for reunion. And the last uh, – look, this was definitely better than um, previous years, like where you – like they've almost only given us five to ten minutes, not even. Um, at least they sort of – he quickly didn't really get – um, people to speak, but he quickly went around the room and said, oh, Wardog, hey, yeah, thanks for having me. He acknowledged people, yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely yeah. think there was some good stuff there. Um, uh, yeah, it's... It's funny that Sia <clears throat> and Cochrane still oh, got a yeah. mention, though. Yes, well, yes. Well, what do you think about Sia's... Um, that, firstly, that was a bit of a hashtag blindside for me that Wendy didn't get the money, but also... I loved that. But also the amount... Summer, yeah. But also the amount... Um, Hundred thousand Devons was really interesting. Yeah, that's huge. Hey, that's a huge like just from a like it's not an endorsement from Sprint or a company. You know, it's just a a fan of the show who's a massive celebrity. But it's crazy how much Sia is invested in the show. Like, um, I guess. And then I saw she gave fifteen grand to Aurora and fifteen grand yeah. um, to Joe for well, not to Joe, but to a charity of Joe's choice, I believe, for He's cutting hair. his hair off. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm just stoked that Wendy didn't get the chicken money. I was <laughs> like, eh. Yeah. Uh, or like, you know what I mean? I was like, that Wendy was, yeah, I, I enjoyed her for a little bit, but I was very over her by the time she left. I was going to say, do you, and, reckon, um, do you reckon Sia had already forgotten about her or maybe Sia was sort of tapped into the social media when people were like, oh, Wendy's totally playing for the Sia. Money. I reckon, yeah, she tapped into the social media. Like, and then she's like, yeah, maybe that's what she is doing. Like, I don't want to like be feel. And what annoys me is And like, she quit, she quit too, so. She quit too. But are people like seem annoyed that like, oh, this Sia's doing with her money, this, everyone's got an opinion on Sia and like, how come she only, you know, gave... 15 to this and that and um, yeah so she can do with her money what she wants exactly like her money and I, people are getting really opinionated about Sia and her money it's like let's not forget she's giving her money like that's pretty amazing like it's kind of getting lost well, she, she doesn't have to give anything critis- yeah she doesn't have to give anything exactly and people are almost criticizing her for giving money and it's like well no, I, that's I, her right her, like well yeah well so I don't like I know people have sort of started to get stuck into Sia for giving a lot of money into Devon's. Um, yeah. But like you said, it's it's her money. And I, I don't begrudge that. I'm like, look, good on her for actually being a fan of the show and, and feeling like she wants to reward someone that didn't win. Um, but I did, my eyebrows were raised when it was 100000 for Rick. And I'm not saying Rick, Rick might have, he might be a gambler. Who knows? He might have financial troubles. He might not be super well off, 
but he has a good job. It looks like he'd be on some decent coin, you would have thought. But yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't say. Like Someone's he, like, oh, but Donovan only <clears> got fifteen thousand. And, and, and yeah, that's and so that, unfair to Donovan. I was like, well, she could have given him nothing too. Like, I just don't yeah. like how people are kind of like, and yeah, oh, and, that's so, so unfair to Donovan. It's like what? But and I guess that was the point I was getting to. So a news anchor in a smaller market again, they might not be on great money anyway. Like they're not on necessarily big bucks as if they were on a big channel in a big city. But I don't know that for sure. I don't know what Rick's on. But 100000 is good money for someone that was very entertaining that got almost there and didn't win. Again, that's C's money. So you're right. I'd, I'd take anything. If C was going to give me money, I'd be thank you very much and uh, yeah. appreciate it. But I can sort of see, like, it's not like... It is random how she just gives out money now, um, well, it was, for sure. But, <laughs> but, it, but I guess my eyebrows were raised in that. I, th- I sort of thought it was interesting that Donathan... Is more in a, a financially struggling position in life and trying to support his grandmother and his mother and, you know, some family members. And I just think that's a massive difference to go from he got 14,000, which it seems like a funny number. You round it down. Uh, it's something it to do with ta- yeah, it's something to do with tax, tax <clears throat> yeah. free if it's under 15, I think I read, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so. I just, yeah, that's a mass, that's a huge difference uh, going up to a hundred thousand. That's that's the only thing that was what raised my again. I can't break it. That's that's her choice. If she was heavily entertained by Rick Devons, who knows? I mean, maybe we're talking way too much about. It, but I, I just think that's sort of. I think Davey got fourteen thousand yeah. last year as well. So you're right. I mean, fourteen seems like a funny number, but yeah, I, I think there must be some sort of tax. So right, but I, that's the only thing I don't get. I'm like, why should why should anyone have to, if someone again is a multimillionaire or, or some sort of celebrity and they want to give out money, why should the person that is the receiver of the gift have to pay tax on that? Yeah, I agree. I, with that I, as I, well. I, I don't, I don't understand that. That's like if I'm about to die and I'm saying, oh, I, want I to guess get... it's counted. It doesn't matter who it comes <clears> from. If you, if you get money, it's counted as income. And so income is taxed, um, yeah, no, whether it, but, but it is, it, I don't understand tax, um, let alone American tax. Well, it's like um, American tax is ridiculous because the, the, the fact that they even have to pay tax on, on game winnings winning. is, yeah. is the most ridiculous thing I've heard. That's, that's ever. right. And that's what Hatch got in strife with. As well, that, well, they, well, they, well, they pay tax on even, I think if they win the lotto, they have to pay tax on that. Yeah. Which I yeah, love yeah. in our, our country. We, if you win a game prize of money, there's, it's tax free. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, I I just yeah I thought that was just interesting, and now it's almost yeah it is official. It's like the Sierra Award now, like the way Jeff brought up. It's like no, this is an official thing now. So yeah, um, it's crazy that she was, um, and then Cochrane, that shot of Cochrane, I was uh, just like, oh, he looked <clears> like he just wanted to be invisible and just die in a hole. Like he's like, oh, get the camera um, off me. Well, we'll probably segue into Cochrane pretty soon, but uh, yes, we've Joe, got um, yeah, we've got but, Joe. What are we going to say about well, Joe? Well, Joe came out, and that was the other thing. I sort of half tuned out. I wasn't listening because I'm like, oh my god, Jeff, you're wasting valuable time. Yeah, I don't like Joe. these cuts to the audience. I don't even like and, when he spoke to Devons really that much. Yeah, he, but oh, yeah, Although, I don't know. yeah, but that was interesting because he was like, "Are you seeking new job opportunities or something like that?" Yeah, but I think the Joe stuff just felt awkward and it was like like they sort of half rehearsed it, but then he's going on about the hair and that. And then it didn't come to a conclusion. I think uh, Matt Bischoff said on there, uh, his uh, podcast with Johnny Fairplay, 
Then as soon as he saw that, he thought, oh, they're going to cut his hair off. It's going to be some sort of charity or whatever. And then they never went back to it. It was never mentioned. But then it wasn't until after the finale was finished or the reunion was finished that social media started showing, oh, Joe cut his hair for charity, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that was kind of a missed opportunity. Or like, I, I don't they know They could have what done I, it on stage. Well, yeah. it was a bit weird. Like, yeah, it takes up time. But I was like, it was almost like Jeff was alluding to it and they were supposed to go back to it and they forgot to or something. It was just, that was just a weird moment, I think. Again, it's like, oh. Uh, yeah. Life yeah, TV, no. I guess. Uh, yeah, I suppose I thought, well, if t- I didn't really think about it till you said, but then I guess they could have mentioned it then and by the time it actually got to the reunion and after the votes had been read, then he could have been on the stage, you know, like with his hair done, a haircut, um, and then mentioned it again, like tied it all up again instead of seeing it on Twitter that, yes, he had had his hair cut off and this was the photo of it. But, yeah, um, the yeah, I guess it was um, – I just, I just think it was um, – a really, really interesting and a pretty exciting finale, to be honest. It was just crazy that Devon's really was almost it, he, it almost was a foregone conclusion. Like if he had have just won that fire challenge, um, he would have won the game. And I think Chris knew that. He's like, well, there's no point. Like um, if I don't beat him, he's going to be in the final three with me. He's going to win anyway. So that was the the hundred percent the right move. He's like, what's the point of like? getting to the final three and pleading my case as good as it could be, which, you know, if I'm sitting next to Devons, it's just not going to be good enough. And I think that was just really astute. And to the theme of this season, like anyone sitting next to Devons wouldn't have won. So, But Devons was just so close, wasn't he? He was yeah. really, really... Well, do you think... I mean, Chris had to have benefited from just watching Ghost Island as well and Dominic yeah. having that sort of debate. That's the move head. for Chris uh, and maybe other people in the future with the fire-making challenge to... To play it yourself, if you're if you're decent and capable at making fire. But having having said all that, I mean, I think I can't remember who even said it in the episode, but it is interesting that both Chris and Devon's kind of had to take risks because they were sort of hypothetically they were on the bottom because they were the returnee from Edge. But you do it get is to funny a... that there's parallels between them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but but I can't remember who said it on the jury or, or who said it in a a, a tribal. But the reality was they kind of get to a point where, well, they get a second chance. Now it's time you get to play with house money and you've got to just take those risks. Like you kind of go, well, technically it goes both out. Yeah. And that's where I think that, ben, that that's unfortunately like, I think just hate the twist. If you're not a fan of the winner, it's not their fault. I just think hate the twist because that's the twist. You, allowed you can that hate that. Yeah. I think this is maybe closing sort of remarks now on the season, but my thing of this is like, I really liked the twist in terms of enjoying something, seeing something different from Survivor this year. Um, I didn't like the twist in the implications that it had for the players and the um, quotes, fairness. I don't like that word, fairness, because Survivor's not fair and Survivor is all about luck anyway. I think Jerry Manti said that. Yeah, yeah, it's especially getting um, a lot more reliant on luck and twists and, and stuff. But that said, as a TV product, and this is where I come down on the season, people like saying worst season ever, it's got to be in the bottle, bottom 10. Um, it depends how you look at it, really. I actually found this season a lot more enjoyable than any of the recent seasons. Maybe Bar David versus Goliath was a better. That's, but I didn't think this was that much worse. Like a lot of the recent seasons, I liked it a lot more, like because it was different and it had a really 
I liked the returnees. A lot of people don't like the returnees with new players. I get that point. But I actually liked, I liked, I liked it. Um, so where, what are your thoughts then overall, and where would you uh, rank it? Rank it. I when I was talking to Dez, I'm a bit on in the Johnny Fairplay and Matt Bischoff sort of school of thinking that because the way it ended and just the twist, it was entertaining moments, but it's definitely probably bottom five or at least bottom, bottom five. Oh, or, that low. Or at least bottom 10 for me. I just, well, it's just yeah. not one that automatically now, like there's probably the curiosity factor of going back and maybe seeing the little, maybe little hints they put in for Chris. But yeah, apart from that, I just, it just feels like almost a little bit of a nothing season because, again, there was so much of that gameplay and that jockeying for positions in the middle that became irrelevant. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff we just never saw, but that's interesting. Okay, so, yeah, I think you're, you're probably going to be a lot of people are basically think bottom 10, um, bottom five even, um, like you sort of were thinking. It's interesting for me, this season is I, – I, it's hard to rank, I think, everyone would – because it is such a different season – but for me, it's so memorable and it's going to be way more memorable, uh, depending how long Survivor goes, than anything like season 30. Even Game Changers isn't memorable and it should have been. Like, I feel like this season's so much more memorable than Heroes, Hustlers, Healers, Game Changers, Ghost Island, you know, um, even Co Wrong, it's more memorable than. Like, oh, and I know, really? No, see, uh, I, I personally, I look, Survivor's a very subjective thing, but I. Actually, it is, and it's recency bias, I think, because I've just finished. Maybe people would argue, of course, you're going to say it's memorable, memorable but. I know, but yeah. I, like, I like Co Wrong, so I. Yeah, yeah Co Wrong is an underrated season for sure, but I don't feel like I, it's that memorable, a lot of the stuff that happens in it either. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, oh, look, you, yeah, you're right, because, it, because it's so controversial, it will kind of get remembered. Well, whether it's good or bad, we'll get yeah me- mentioned a lot. It will be something that people will but that, always that go back to. That doesn't mean it's good, though. I suppose. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. I just think there was so much entertaining stuff in that middle part with Ron, Wardog, Kelly, David, the whole yeah. uh, passengers versus pilots, and and Julia getting voted out in that tribal. But okay, it got Gavin and Victoria and, and Rick towards the end. But then just Chris coming back and winning, Connie, you go. Well, what was all that for in the middle? Like, it just yeah, it just it's a hard narrative yeah. to spin. It's um, but it, yeah, I don't know, God. Um, for me, I I haven't really um completely given my thoughts to where I'd rank Chris as a winner overall. I think he's better than a lot of other winners, though. Actually, I still will say that. Um, but he's he's hard to rank up high as a well, winner, and this season's hard to rank up high. As well, a now season. that you now that you brought him up as a winner, and and we're sort of winding it up. Uh, yeah. I feel like on social media too. That's that's where the blind side for a lot of people happen. They're like, "Who's Chris?" And then it's like, "How how do we get come in the last episode? Get this guy that we don't even know pretty much. Don't know his name. Come back and win the game." And I think that's the other criticism that pe- we just yeah. not that he was invisible, but we just. Don't see, didn't see enough of him, and I mean that's definitely something you don't see every day or every season. That's with a survivor how, how winner. Can they, how can they though, as well? Um, but I, I agree. Like you didn't see enough of him, but if they had have shown heaps more of him, it would have made it very obvious. Oh yeah, I liked that it was. I liked that they left it a bit of a surprise because I, my other criticism, if it's too obvious, I thought Devons was winning, and that was too obvious and too shit and too boring, and I was like, he's been shoved down our throats and. And it wasn't that, like, I didn't enjoy him as a character. Earlier on, I was really enjoying him, but it was just becoming too um, 
too sort of so, like obvious, I thought, with his edit. Uh, so but again, it gonna, didn't happen. I was going to say now, so while I'm very high on a lot of editing things they tried this season, I thought were really good, like the flashbacks and stuff like that. I liked, I did like a lot of the editing and some of the choices they made. Um, I haven't really, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Let, let's just say I'm not going to fully slam them for the edit or the, the story arcs. I think it's an interesting twist. It's a very hard job, it, the editors yeah. this season, I think, based on um, what they had, yeah. And I, I can back it in. If they were able to tell the story in 90-minute episodes or at least 60-minute episodes, I think we would have got a better yeah. sense of where everyone's at. Um, Dez didn't like the edit, I think. I think a few people now have started coming out, oh, the edit was terrible or, like, don't blame the, the, the twist and the, the player, the edit was terrible. Yes, I agree. It's very hard. You can't show too much edge, but you can't show much. And then once you go that small amount of edge, you can't show too much of the one player because they probably tips your hat that that person's coming yeah. back or yeah. winning. But... Could have been could, better. Could have been could, better. Could they? Yeah. Could they have shown us in that first three episodes? Could they have shown us more of Chris before he went? He was voted out. Um, so I'd have to go back. I don't I, know how I, much. I we... think they they could have, but it's easy just to forget. Even if they had have, we'd still probably say the same thing. Like, uh, what did he do? Because it felt so long ago. Like that he was in the game. So he, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And and then on, on the other end, um, I think. I mean, I guess the big red herring was. Rick, everyone thought the way he was edited. Because and, and, in fairness, he was finding idols. He was doing big tribal. So they had to show – he was shown a lot. But then I wonder yeah. if they could have, because he didn't win, maybe they could have just culled that back a little bit. Like, yeah, show us a lot of Rick stuff, but still maybe don't give him every bloody confessional or let someone else tell the story. Let's they, see I reckon they should have developed um, – and there's not really as much excuse for this. I think they should have developed – Gavin, Lauren, and Victoria, um, and Julie. Victoria, a bit more, and yeah, like maybe not all of them in as equal as Mounts, but I even think Gavin barely had any story until like, yeah, until the his girlfriend came back in. That was the only real thing we knew about Gavin. Like, oh, yeah. he um, so people like we knew nothing about Chris. Well, also didn't know much about the people in the game too. So. The, the, they really fucked with us with the blind side because everyone just thought Devon's pretty much like, and the editors just like twist, plot twist basically like here's the story of someone just taking away from Devon's and I, I like it on its own merits and I suppose we'll get to um we'll segue into other conversations and topics soon but I liked it on its own merits and it's a very very exciting and um crazy ride so I liked the fact that we saw something really different this year. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. That's my closing thoughts. Do you have anything to close? No, I'm done. I'm You've said a lot it. with it. Yeah, you're done I, with I, it. You're happy to move on. To yeah. The, yeah. Well, there you have it, Survivor Superfans. That is the edge of extinction wrapped up in a neat little package. Uh, we are done and dusted with that season, and we are moving forward. Uh, many thanks to Julian all season, uh, and special thanks to... Desert's chipped in, Andrew Torrens, and the amazing uh, Teresa T-Bird Cooper. So some things to look forward to in regards to Survivor. We have, we're going to be previewing a Melbourne Survivor, which was a fan-made uh, couple of days game. That's exciting to look forward to. 
we have some stuff. Me and Des and Julian have talked about season 40 and season 39. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, hopefully you stick with us for a little bit longer and uh, hopefully you'll hear us talking about season 39. Until then, signing off. Bye. <laughs>